you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. All right, we're back. Bruce Stanley. I'm Adam Comer. We had an awesome episode one of season two. We had Dr. Monty Burks. He's a director with the State of Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse. I thought that was a good episode, man. What'd you think? Yeah, really good. Informative, man. Dr. Burks talked about his faith. It was cool, man. It was a cool conversation. Yeah, it's really, it's really refreshing knowing that in, in the state that there are people who are like-minded as us and are, are p- pushing forward to make initiatives for, um, you know, recovery in, in Christ. For sure, man. Yeah. So, so guys, here's what we wanted to do. After that first guest speaker, we wanted to obviously start season two with uh, uh, awesome Dr. Burks, and that was a great episode. But Bruce and I thought that what we do as we rolled out this season, uh, we ended season one with the seven principles, and man, we had great feedback about that. It was very good information, and people have, have said it was really beneficial. We wanted to roll out season two with another part of our program, uh, more of a um, more of a, a practical, um, what is the word I'm looking daily for? Daily practice. practice that we use in in coherence with the seven principles. Mm-hmm. We do something called the four pillars of daily success. Uh, and these four pillars, they're, they're things that we tell our guys, and not even just tell, that we do ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's a theme all throughout the Bible. It's intentional mm-hmm. things that we teach to encourage freedom living. Um, man, the four pillars are, are major themes all throughout the Bible. Here's the four pillars. I'll give them to you. God's word, prayer, good fellowship, and a call to action, your action points. Uh, and we believe that the four pillars, when they're practiced on a daily basis, that we're really preparing ourselves for the pressures and the temptations and the weight that life brings. Uh, but we're always clear about this. We're not like, we're not like, legalistic. We're not saying if you do these four pillars, you'll never face problems. You'll never face temptations. You'll never face troubles. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. Some scripture that we read is really kind of how, what formed these pillars, what formed these things up into the way we teach it now. Uh, Cause the Bible says we will have problems. For example, John sixteen thirty three says in this world, you will have trouble. <laughs> John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to still kill and destroy. And those sound like, oh, wow, doomsday and doom. But those are in the Bible. The good thing is, and the the reason we have hope and the way that we know that um, these pillars are effective, because those weren't the complete verses. Those were just half. The complete verse is... Now for the rest of the story. And now the rest of the story. I hope that's not trademarked. (laughs) (laughs) In this world, you will have trouble... But take heart, I have overcome the world. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is Jesus talking. So, yes, you're going to have trouble. Here's the theme. Yes, there will be problems in this world, in the fallen world that we live in, but I'm with you. I'm with you. And so the interesting thing about that is um, we're promised this, but we're also promised protection. We're promised these things. And all throughout the Bible, it tells us how to deal with it. Yeah, and one of the things I like is it it's parallel to what we're going to get into later with uh what's said in Ephesians about uh wearing our full armor of God. And these things are components of that armor and and how we we always tell the guys at S2L uh the students that you know we're 
we're not trying to change the world. The world isn't going to change. In fact, it's been prophesied that it will get worse. But what changes is us. God changes us. And he equips us to go back out there in the world and to be um, conquerors. Yeah, yeah. And actually to feed in, if we can all get on a page here, it's going to help out. So today we're just going to cover pillar number one. We're just going to cover God's word. But before we dive into these things, we've got to lay some groundwork. And for me, you mentioned Ephesians. Uh, When I read, we do not battle against flesh and blood but against principalities, authorities, the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. It's saying we don't battle against flesh and blood. And and honestly, Bruce, young in my walk with Christ, young believer, when I came to that scripture, it really just turned, I just, no, okay. You know, I've been in physical altercations, you know, I've, I've had flesh. I've been in combat. Yeah. So you know that that's flesh. And so my thought was, okay, the Bible just maybe, maybe it doesn't get it, you know? And then all of a sudden you get some sense knocked into you and you're reading the old Testament, just epic battles. But, but I struggled with that because, okay, well, maybe these next things, you said the armor of God, maybe these next things that they're talking about for the spiritual war, in this spiritual battle doesn't apply to me because I know everything about my life is physical. And so I was just like, all right, God, I need help with this. And then one day reading through some things, God kind of hit me with it. And not audibly or anything, but just logically, I guess, and revelation from his word. Mm-hmm. It was like, Adam, why were you in those physical altercations? Was it physical? Did you just flesh bumped into flesh and you just started flailing arms? And no, it was always spiritual. It was cosmic. Pride. Anger, fear, love of money, whatever the silly reasons that I would get into a fight, our physical altercation, those were all not physical. I can't give you a box of fear, right? I can't pour it out on this desk. I can't give you a box of pride and pour it out. That's, that's a cosmic thing. Yeah, and, and physical altercations aren't always with our fists. You know, it's through our words. Uh, the Bible talks about how the tongue is the most evil part of our body. And that we can really hurt people physically, emotionally with the things that we say to each other. That's right. That's right. So, so if we can agree, if, if so, if that hopefully that helps you unpackage and that helps you wrap your brain around. Maybe you weren't struggling with this concept like I was, but hopefully, if we're all on the same page there and we can agree, this isn't a physical flesh war. This is spiritual. Everything that's going on is a spiritual thing, and if we can agree with that, then we need to know how to get in the fight. Right, And that's what these four pillars are. These four things that we're saying to do is to help in this fight. Mm-hmm. And so the first one, man, and, and I think probably the most important, or definitely. Someone asked us that in one of the episodes in season one. What's the most important pillar? Mm-hmm. I think we both agreed it's God's word because the rest rolls out of that. Mm-hmm. But we'll start with God's word. And obviously we think it's important. And, and even inside of this armor of God example mm-hmm. uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, it tells us all of these defensive weapons. It tells us the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the peace, the gospel of peace from the shoes, all of these defensive weapons. And then it gives one offensive. You want to get in the fight? You want to have your, you know, your only offensive weapon? The word of God. It's the word of God. Ephesians six seventeen says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword, sword, the only offensive weapon, the whole armor of God says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
And man, when I first heard that, and I kind of give silly examples here, but I mean, it's just the way I unpack it. When I was a young believer, I was like MacGyver. Do you remember MacGyver, yeah. the show MacGyver? I mean, he could he could fix the world with duct tape and a Swiss army knife, right? Yeah. <laughs> he would, <laughs> some of these people listening to this don't, don't even know MacGyver. That's old school. But he had a Swiss army knife. And so my thought was, man, I'm in this spiritual war and I'm like MacGyver. I have a Swiss army knife mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm swinging, but I wanted to be in the battle, man. I wanted to be William Wallace, you know, swinging the, the barbarian sword around. And I wanted to grow my knowledge of the word. Um, God put it, put it on me. And what did that look like? I, I'll just give you an example of me, man. I remember at the lodge when I was a student. S two L recovery. I was a student. I remember laying in bed at night, and this is crazy. And no one can tell me this didn't happen because it, it's my story. I know it did. You can't convince me it didn't. And man, if you've gone through this, if you've been in this situation, you know that at night, after the talk settles down and you're left to your own thoughts, it can get bad. Bad. And it was early on, so I still had some restless leg, and I was uncomfortable. But man, uh, almost like a videotape was playing in my head of all the shame, all the guilt, all the stuff that I'd ever done. And I just, it was weeks, man, and I just couldn't sleep. Maybe an hour or two a night. Just when it got quiet, it was dangerous for me, man. Like I don't know. And so all of that shame was just piling on, and it felt so deep. And then I heard something like this. I read this verse. I was like, "What does it look like to use my sword?" And I only knew two scriptures when I came to S2L. It was the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, out in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's because I played sports. Both of these are cards of sports, by the way. <laughs> and then the other one was, um, what was the other one? Oh, John 3.16, because you, know, you see the signs at games and stuff. Uh, For God so loved the world, gave his only begotten. Those are the only two scriptures I knew to, by heart. And I just started saying them, man. In my head, I just started meditating on them. I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a shot one night. And next thing I know, I woke up and I had like six hours of sleep and it began this journey of like, man, that that actually worked. Proclaiming the word of God wasn't like out loud at two in the morning with everybody around like, oh, father in heaven, you know, people looking at me weird, but just in my head on repeat. And so I wanted to know more. I wanted MacGyver to become William Wallace. Man, I love this. I want to be in the fight. And so that's an incredible example that that I use. And I have a, another scripture, but you want to add anything at this point? <clears throat> yeah, I know for me, it was very similar. Uh, I, I wasn't in a program, but the, the day that God changed my life, uh, I kind of isolated. Mm. <clears throat> I, had, I had had this conversation with God that I didn't, at 47 years old, I didn't know anything, that I was actually very ignorant. And all the things that I even thought were good or the things that I thought were righteous uh, that was even told by my mother or my father, what what have you? Because uh, I'd lived four decades and I had to start from ground zero. I said, God, I, I don't know anything. In fact, I'm, I'm a child, and from this point on, you know. And I've read, I had read the Bible twice already at yeah. that point. I said, I'm going back over all of it, and I'm going to receive it differently than I have ever before. And I'm not going to question anymore. I'm just going to do it, mm. which you, this is kind of the first and the last pillar, right? Yeah. And and so uh, I, I, it wasn't that I was afraid to go out in the world because I had a job. I was going walking back and forth from it every day and just staying in this place. And that's all I did. That's all I did was just read the Bible and meditate and listen to worship music and just prayed and prayed and prayed. And, and after a while, I became strong enough to go out and really face the world. 
I love the verse in the Bible. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all else will be given unto you. And this is, this is kind of a, my parallel to this, but and most men I think can relate to this. We're, we're the worst for following instructions, right? When you, at Christmas, oh, yeah. we just said Christmas, you know, you get all the kids to, you got to put it all together. It's like, I know how to put this together. I got a screwdriver. Yeah. You know? like, I was up to two to, putting a trampoline <laughs> together Christmas Eve. I don't know. I don't need to look at instructions, you know, and, and, uh, but it, it's very similar in that, you know, if, if we don't read God's instruction, then we're just trying to piecemeal like mm. what we think works and how it fits together, and it's not always going to come out right. You're going to have extra parts, and you're going to you're going to miss something. And so, one of my favorite verses is Ezekiel chapter three. And I first want to give you the context of before I tell you the verse. My favorite, one of my favorite verses. This is Ezekiel and God coming to Ezekiel, basically telling him that he's going to be, you know, his prophet. And that nobody is going to listen to him, not one person. Can you imagine that being being called by God to be a prophet and and being told by God that Gosh. your entire ministry is never going to be fruitful in terms of people listening to you or giving you credit for anything that you say? I'm sure a lot of people feel that way sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. They're not listening to me, but how brutal like that. would that yeah. be? But anyway, he he goes on to tell him that he's going to make him as hard headed as the people he's going to be speaking to. Hmm. And he tells them that he's going to send them to people that aren't speaking a foreign language because if they were speaking a foreign language, they would listen to him. And I thought that was always interesting and never really understood what that meant because he's calling him to go speak to the Jews, right, who speak his own language. And you think about it. When, when you're in a foreign land, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> when you're in a foreign land and you're telling people something that's foreign to them, they're more likely to listen to what you're having to say, not whether they're going to do it or not, but they're more willing to listen to you because it's foreign to them. But here, Ezekiel's talking to his own people who already know these laws and statutes, and yeah. he's just telling them, and they're like, yeah, whatever. We already know all this. Who, who are you to remind us of the things we already know and this kind of stuff? So he tells them, I'm going to make your head as hard as a rock. I'm going to make you just as stubborn as they are. So, And it reminds me of this, right? Because at the end of what he tells them here is that he says, Son of man, in, in verse 10 in chapter 3, he says, Son of man, let all my words seek deep into your own heart first. Listen to them carefully for yourself. And then verse 11 says, Then go mm. to your people in exile and say to them. And so what he's, what he's saying is, Listen, you've got to you know, consume me and all my instruction and everything I want to say to you first for mm. you to know it yourself then you will be equipped to go out there in the world because what you're going to face is a bunch of hard-headed, stubborn, rebellious stuff that aren't on the same page with you. And it's just God's way of saying, look, I know where you're at. Yeah. And I know the situation that you're in with the, the, the majority of the world that's not going to abide by the things that I'm asking you to abide in. But I'm going to make you just as hard-headed as they are. I'm going to equip you to be able to stand against the things that you're going to face because you have sought me, you've consumed me first. Yeah. Man, one of the things that that brings me kind of to think, one of the things that I always tell guys uh, when I teach, when I preach, uh, you, you should trust the man of God that, that you know God's put in your life. You should trust that. You should, you should listen to him. That's a blessing. Mm-hmm. But I always say, 
anytime you hear something, if it turns you wrong, if it, if it, maybe it hurts. And a lot of times reading God's word, it hurts, right? Uh, Or if it just is weird to you, you need to go and research that. Always research what someone from a stage is saying. And you, you could do that, especially the blessing today. We have so much availability to the Bible. We could have it on our phones, you know? And so I always say, so know thy word for yourself. That's yeah. incredible. I mean, you take about uh, Revelations twelve eleven, where it talks about how what defeats God's enemy, Satan, in the end, is the blood of the lamb, what Christ did on the cross in his resurrection, and the word of your testimony. Well, where does the word of your testimony come from? He's saying these are in combination. So it's what Christ did. Right, which atoned for our sin, which defeated Satan and death, and the word of your testimony, meaning your alignment with God's word in your life experience that attests, that proves that what he says is true. Mm. And yeah. so we're we're living examples if we're abiding in his word and it the proof is how it, you know the fruit of our life and what happened. And so it just again another reminder, seek first the kingdom of God. Yeah. And you've got to do that with God's word. Yeah. And so we'll clo- I'll close out this podcast because I gave an example of me and my, my word and, and like are using it as a as a offensive weapon and, and in the armor of God. But I also like to talk about what we love Jesus and his life and the example that he left always. And he always just you could read it. just like awesome. And so there's an example of Jesus being tempted, right? We're talking about doing these things, these pillars and times, just as a daily thing. So when troubles come, there's an example in Matthew of Jesus being tempted and him using this pillar. Wait, Jesus, God using God's word? Yeah, check it out. So the the context is, is Jesus was just baptized by John the Baptist, you know, comes up and he goes on a 40 day fast before he starts his public ministry on this fast. I don't know, man, there's people, I'm not talking about like fasting to lose weight. I'm talking about a spiritual fast for 40 days. I would be ready to hurt somebody, man. I'm a big boy. I like food. And so you can imagine he's hungry. Well, the devil himself Right. And we can get into other episodes. By the way, all this talk about God's word. I mean, I'm telling you, uh, a canonization podcast episode's coming. We got to talk about the Bible and how it's can the can how it was came canon and all that. That's awesome. But we could also talk about demons and things like that. Man, you and I, when, when we're tempted, we're not tempted by the devil himself, right? He's assigned his workers to us, but Jesus was tempted by the devil himself. And how did he tempt him? He tempted him with food. He said, You see those rocks? If you are who you say you are and you're doing the things you say you're going to do, turn that into some bread and eat it. Tempting, right? Especially if you're hungry because Jesus was fully God, but also fully man at this time. Mm -hmm. He's hungry. And here was his response in that temptation. He says this, Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And, And this is the duplicity of the meaning of just the du- God can say one thing and have awesome, awesome meanings backing it. One, this very example of using God's word as a sword, right? He says, it is written. Well, yeah, where is yeah. it written, Bruce? In fact, uh, all three times that Jesus is tempted, he uses scripture. Yeah, throws a book at him. He says, In fact, it the is last written. time he's tempted, uh, Satan uses scripture. That's right. And Jesus corrects him with another scripture that has to be aligned. And so... And Jesus himself is using the sword yeah. all three times he's being tempted. Yeah, when he says man should not live on bread alone, 
he's quoting Deuteronomy. So what an incredible example of this, but also look even further in the context of what we're talking about and how important the Bible is on a daily basis. Jesus just confirmed through Deuteronomy, man, God's word is is as important as your meals today. Mm. Hey, hey, big boy, Adam, you going to go without lunch today? Nope. Well, man, you going to go without reading God's word today? Ooh, that kind of stung. Man shall not live on bread alone. So the sustenance that you need from eating your taco salad, the sustenance that you need from eating that burger today, the same sustenance to live life. Man does not live. You need from the word of God that that sustains you. It's so important. And so I love that. And so, yeah, man, the pillar of God's word to daily use it, man, let's apply it. Let's apply it. Watch. I challenge everybody. When I teach this class, I do a seven-day challenge. I say, hey, guys, seven days. Do these pillars for seven days. I guarantee you in seven days, something's going to come at you. Life's going to happen. Let's see how you respond when you're doing these things. Let's see, does it sting as much? Does it hurt as much? And, man, for me, the answer is no. Now, we're not saying that you have to. Obviously, there's days that have gone by that I didn't read God's word. I feel it now. I'll tell you that. I could feel it. If I'm not in God's word now, I feel it. But I don't do this perfectly. And so, Adam, we get guys who come back to the program, right? They leave us and they go out. And sometimes they, they have to come back, you know. And thank God that they they, they call us and, and they come back, you know. Yeah. But what is it the, that the most common thing that they all say when oh, they yeah. come back of why it was they couldn't succeed? What yeah, that's a good, that's a good, there, so there's a statistic and it's not, I hate the statistic, man, but it's a hundred percent, a hundred percent's a pretty unrealistic number sometimes, a hundred percent of the time, you know, but a hundred percent of the time when someone calls, they're struggling, they need, they need our help and they've, they've relapsed a hundred percent of the time. They say one, if not all of these pillars, they've just stopped doing. And it's not like we're asking them, hey, buddy, which pillar? You know, they yeah. volunteer that information. Right. Man, 100% of the time. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, one of the first things I'll ask them when, if I'm coaching them and, and they've come back, I say, man, just, hey, let's talk about it. what happened. And that's usually the first thing they say. I mean, yeah. almost always, you're saying 100%. Uh, it comes out in various ways, but basically what they're saying is, I stopped doing this and this and this. Right. And and it, it's one of these four things that we're talking about. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, pillar one in the books. Guys, apply this to your life. It's very important. Not because Bruce and Adam says so, because God says so. Amen. It's his it's his revealed word. If if a living God that spoke everything into existence is breathing out stars the sun, mm-hmm. parting seas, all of these just incredible powers, omnipresent, omnip- uh, everything. Yeah, in fact, in Second Timothy, it says, according to God's word, that God breathed all these words out. So in the same way he created stars, he created the Bible. Yeah, and yeah. it's good for this, it's good for this, it's good for this. If this God did these things and then he left his word for you, Whew, let's get in it, baby. Let's get in. Let's 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 get to let's put MacGyver away and let's get William Wallace on the spiritual war. Amen. Amen. All right, that's all the time we have, guys. Thank you so much. Till next time. Life after-
After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.